0: Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. I don't always necessarily title messages, but if I had to give this message a title this morning, it would be, Because Men Love Darkness. Because Men Love Darkness, and I need to share this message with you today. Why? Because because I realize that our world is is screaming so loud. The world is screaming so loud. And the world is saying to the church, shut up. And be quiet. And if you must speak, then whisper but don't don't speak as loud as we're speaking so today um, I'm speaking to I'm speaking to those today who I'm speaking to everyone today but but especially to those who have made idols out of holidays but especially to those who have made idols out of holidays and and there are there are a few messages um, that, that the Lord is, um, is leading me to, to share uh, loudly. So, so you'll be hearing um, some more of those. But speaking to everyone today, yes, but especially to those who've made idols out of holidays. But even if that's not you, you'll still learn from today's message. For this message today is not just about Halloween. I'm speaking about Halloween today, but I'm not just speaking about Halloween. It's, it's deeper than that. It's about God's word and it's about obedience. It's about God's word and it's about obedience and it's about being separate from the world. It's about living in the world but not being a part of it. And I, and I chose to speak on this topic today of Halloween because it fell on Sunday. It just happens today to, to fall on, on this day, Sunday. Um, but also because of the convictions that I have about it. Um, for for many years, um, I've I've done youth and young adult ministry for a long time, and I've spoken with with them over the years um, about this day, um, and and it was it was always even among the youth and young adults, it was always received very well. So this is probably my first time, I guess, sharing it with an adult audience. So I wonder if you guys are going to receive it the same way as the as the youth and the young adults did, but. That's the message today about Halloween. So, let me give you some, some history real quick. And today's message again is gonna be different. The style's gonna be different. I'm gonna give you some content, some information. Um, gonna be reading some stuff and then we'll get into uh, many, many verses today. So in, in AD 601, Pope Gregory the the Great issued an edict to his missionaries. And what he told them was this. He told them, instead of changing uh, pagan worship, instead of changing pagan worship, what you need to do is you need to transform it into Christian worship. So don't change it, but transform it. So if the pagans worship a a tree, um, don't cut the tree down, but rather make it a Christian tree. And have the people worship it, have the people bring it, bring it into their places of worship and worship it as a Christian tree. If the pagans have a temple, don't destroy the temples and don't destroy the idols, but basically um, change the, the, the idols and the things that they have and, and make it basically Christian. Go into the building, sanctify it with holy water, and now it becomes a, a Christian building and you can add your symbolism uh, to it. It's basically what he said. Now, as, as word got to the missionaries from the Pope, these practices continued throughout the Roman Empire and problems started to arise. So the, the pagan buildings became Christian buildings and the Christian buildings now became buildings that the pagans also used to worship. And the issue though was this, it was the, the worship of idols began to merge with the Christians. They they began, again, to, to worship pagan things as Christian things. And then it was hard to make a distinction between the two. What's Christian and what's pagan? And they could no longer, again, discern the difference. And that was a huge issue. And that very practice, unfortunately, continued all throughout the Roman Catholic Church to 2021. Where even though we've had a Reformation... 500 years ago, there are still Christians that have fought to hold on to pagan traditions. Now, Pope Gregory in AD 601 was the one that supposedly brought the idea of Halloween into the church, the modern celebration of Halloween into our church. Now, the the Roman Catholic Church, eventually they wanted to get rid of all things that were pagan. So eventually they said, okay, we need to get rid of um, pagan things, this, this is not good And all pagan influences need to be removed from us But the problem was that the, the worship and celebration of, of Samhain Continued on October 31st And it kept going on in the throughout the, the Roman Empire And so at that time, what they decided to do Was they decided to change one of the church days One of the church holidays Known as All Saints Day and basically, they moved that to November 1st. So instead of the church celebrating Samhain with, with the pagans, they decided that, that we are going to um, celebrate the saints instead. And it was never their, their intention right, to, to worship the things that the pagan you know, eventually worship today on that day. That was never their intention, but they said, man, let's have an alternative. So November 1st is going to be All Saints Day, and we're going to celebrate, and we're going to remember the saints. All Saints Day. So so All Saints Eve, right, which was October 31st, became known as All Hallows Eve or or Halloween, right? So All Saints Day, November 1st, and then um, all Saints' Eve was known as Hallow's Eve, or later became Halloween, which, sello, which, which was supposed to celebrate the, the hallowness of the saints. Now, what does hallow? To hallow means to what? To to be, to be holy, or to set aside, to set apart as as holy. All right. So that was the intention. So the evening before All Saints' Day, instead of a day where they worship Samhain, the Lord of the Dead, and all the Druid worship. What they did was they acknowledged again the saints of the Christian church instead, but it never worked out, the, the people did not fall for it. The, the people did not continue in this practice. They did not follow suit. And they continued the practices of Samhain, this demonic, pagan, druid, Celtic holiday, where the dead was worshipped and they also believed that on that night the separation between the living and the dead was removed. So there was no difference between the two. So again, here's the the problem, and it lies with the church. So instead of the church very early on just eradicating the belief and not acknowledging the day at all, the church actually changed a, a church calendar day, All Saints Day, which used to be on May 13th, by the way. So they changed All Saints Day from May 13th, they moved it to November 1st, And therefore, again, the the eve of that became All Hallows' Eve and was supposed to be a day where they acknowledged the saints. It was supposed to be an alternative for the pagans and also for the Christians to acknowledge. But the pagans continued in their worship and the Christians got caught up within that same holiday. The pagans, they they acknowledged uh, witches and wizards and goblins and whatever other stuff you, you choose to throw in there. But it was, it was a time when, when darkness was magnified and the demonic was celebrated. That was the purpose. So here we are today on October 31st, 2021. And on this day, we're still, this day is still being celebrated today. Because of what? Because of the, the church back in the day. Because the church over 400 years ago made a mistake. And again, that mistake was not to remove the day, but it was to acknowledge it and to call attention to it and actually to make it a special day. I heard someone say this, that if the church had never acknowledged that day back then, that day would probably have passed away by now and would definitely have, would not have been called Halloween, for sure. Because again, to hallow is to, is to make holy or to set apart. But because the church decided to compromise back then, here we are in the 21st century still acknowledging that day and still having, actually, um, debates among Christians um, as, to, as to whether it should be celebrated or not. It's a time where, where pagan worship is at its highest. I want you to understand that. This day is a day where, where pagan worship is at its highest. According to the ancient tradition and beliefs of the Druids and Celtics, today is a day again where the world of the dead became one with the world of the living. And the dead and the living, they mingled together. Deuteronomy chapter 18 has something to say on this. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9. Deuteronomy 18 speaks about avoiding wicked customs. Verse 9, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer. Or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations, which you will dispossess, listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you... The Lord your God has not appointed such for you. So God intentionally instructed his children when they come into a land, there's going to be things that they do. There are going to be practices that you will observe, that you will see that they do these things. But he says you're not to be part of it. He gave specific instruction to his people. And many of the things that I mentioned there, I mean, you guys have, have, have seen how um, even, even Christians with, with mediums and, and, and psychics and astrology and, uh, and reading the signs and that stuff's all demonic and has no place in, in the home or, or the heart of the believer. Oh, I just, I just read my My zodiac sign I want you to understand That stuff has no place Whatsoever In the home or the heart of the believer So there are things that we have That we have brought in The world has told you that it's okay I understand that Your favorite artists And celebrities They they practice these things and, and they're discipling you whether you know it or not. And then when I come um, as as a pastor and as a shepherd of the flock and I speak to you about these things it's strange to you. And I haven't come up here this morning just sharing my own thoughts. But I'm, I'm sharing with you the, the, the history of this holiday and what God's word has to say about it and we're going to continue in there. So um, I'm going to Read a little bit more. So the significance of of the date, right? So these practices, they began in the UK. And back then, the the significance of November 1st was was known as the beginning of the new year. So November 1st was the beginning of the new year uh, and the start of the cold winters. So winter months were associated with, with death and with harsh climates and lack of food or water caused people, obviously, to perish. So according to history.com, the season of death started on November 1st, and the Celts believed the day before, October 31st, was a day, again, the doors between the worlds of the dead and living swung open, and all the fallen were allowed back on earth to reunite with their families as ghosts for one night. This was at that time known as Samhain. Celts not only believed their loved ones would visit them on this day, but also priests could receive prophecies about the dangerous season ahead and provide comfort. Celtics associated this celebration with costumes consisting of animal skin and heads or things they collected while hunting. I'm going to read from another source. Uh, got questions. What are the origins Halloween, Many believe, and again, some of this is going to repeat itself, but many believe the festival of Sarween to have been the beginning of the Celtic year. At Sarween, farmers brought livestock in from summer pastures and people gathered to build shelters for winter. The festival also had religious significance and people burned fruits, vegetables, grain and possibly animals, as offerings to the gods. In, in ancient Celtic stories, Samhain was a magical time of transition when important battles were fought and fairies cast spells. It was a time when the barriers between the natural world and the supernatural were broken. The Celts believed that the dead could walk among the living at that time. During Samhain, the living could visit with the dead, who they believed held secrets of the future. Scholars believe that Halloween's association with ghosts, food and fortune-telling began with these pagan customs more than 2,000 years ago. So let me read more of these uh, customs. So we've established that, that Samhain, the, the origin of Halloween, can be traced to ancient pagan uh, festivals, celebrated with the Celtics, more than 2,000 people, more than 2,000 years ago. So the origin of, of Halloween costumes now, candy and trick-or-treat. So, some of the Celts wore ghoulish costumes so that wandering spirits would mistake them for one of their own and leave them alone. So they wore these costumes, again, so that the, 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 the ghosts, the evil spirits, the ghouls, would mistake them for one of their own and leave them alone. Right. Others offered sweets to the spirits to appease them, to find favor with them. In medieval Europe, the Catholic clergy adopted local pagan customs and had their adherents go from house to house wearing costumes and requesting small gifts. And we know that the Bible, on the other hand, does not permit merging false religious practices with the worship of God. Second Corinthians 6.17 Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Now, ghosts, vampires, werewolves, witches, and zombies. These have long been associated with the spirit world. They they associated those things with with the spirit world back then. And, And Ephesians 6 and verse 12, we know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of wickedness and high places, the rulers of the darkness of this age. There's a, there's a spiritual war, there's a spiritual battle that is going on. And we're not to be held hostage by it. In fact, the Bible says that we actually, it's what we wrestle against. They, they will try to subdue you. And there's a wrestling that takes place to not adopt these customs and these desires of the demonic so Halloween pumpkins or jack-o'-lanterns so in medieval Britain supplicants moved from door to door asking for food in return for a prayer for the dead and they would carry hallowed out turnip lanterns whose candles connoted a soul trapped in purgatory others say that the lanterns were used to ward off evil spirits And during the 1800s in North America, pumpkins replaced the turnips because they were plentiful, as well as easy to to hollow out and and carve out. So the beliefs behind this custom, the immortality of the soul, purgatory and prayers for the dead, obviously are not based on the Bible. Ezekiel 18.4, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. So this is the history. Where it came from, how it got into the church, and again, why there are debates now as to whether Christians should celebrate this holiday, it blows my mind. It, it blows my mind. I think this, this is the most um, uh, blatant holiday that, that promotes evil, that, that exalts it, that glorifies it, that tries to find pleasure in it. And it's, and it's, and it's not hidden at all. It's advertised, and yet believers want to debate as to whether we should be involved in things like this. That's why I said this is not just about Halloween, All right? but it's about obedience, and it's about God's word, and it's about how do you respond when something that you enjoy doing, something that you like doing when you find out the truth behind it and what god has to say about it how do you respond do you do you fight against that do you find another church or do you say man i'm going to i'm going to grow in that area how do you respond when the holy spirit convicts you of sin when the holy spirit corrects you how do you respond do you fall on your knees in repentance Or do you walk away and go to a place where you will be encouraged in your sin? Now, I want to share something with you from the Scriptures. Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to read the whole chapter. There's a lot of uh, passages today we're going to get through. Daniel chapter 3. Probably my, my favorite um, chapter, um, Old Testament chapter, is probably Daniel chapter 3. Verse 1 Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. That's 90 feet by 9 feet. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, And all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Verse 8. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, then good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king. Thus we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor, who were with him, who were in his army, to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste And spoke, saying to his counselors Did we not cast three men Bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king True True, 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 true O king Look, he answered I see four men Loose, walking in the midst Of the fire, and they are not hurt And the form Of the fourth is like the son Of God Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power, The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other god who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. I want you to understand something about worship. Jesus looks for, God looks for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for such that will worship him, that they will worship him in spirit and in truth. The Bible speaks about those who worship him with their mouths, but he says, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. So he's looking for, God is looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's how God receives worship. I want you to understand how Satan receives worship. Satan does not receive worship based on your heart. He receives worship by your actions. He receives worship based on what you do. And Nebuchadnezzar here is, is a symbol and representation of Satan as well. And and the way that he receives worship, it's, it's interesting how these three men, they, they refuse to worship the king or his image. I want you to understand that King Nebuchadnezzar, he knew that these men... Do not want to worship me. He knew that their, their heart's not in it. They have no regard for me whatsoever. But yet when he called them to himself, he said, listen, basically, even though I know you don't want to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to. All I need you to do is to fall down. That's it. Just fall down before the image in worship. That's all, that, that, that's all you got to do. And you'll be fine. Just fall down. But what did he do? What did Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? They said, absolutely not. They said, absolutely not. Some, for some Christians, they would say this, by the way, there were, there were many Jewish people. There were many Hebrews that were, that were taken out of their land and they were brought to to Babylon from, from what the text records It was Abednego, Meshach and Shadrach They were the ones that, that stood up And I guarantee you that there, were, that there were other Jewish people That were bowing before this golden image They didn't necessarily believe in the image They didn't believe in their God But I guarantee you there were many Jewish people Many Hebrews that bowed before this image but those three men, they said, absolutely not Because I understand how you receive worship If I bow before this image, that's worship to you So many believers, many Christians would have said Well, you know, I would have just, I would have just bowed down But in my heart, I would have been worshipping God I would bow down before the image But like my heart's not really going like to worship the image I'm going like to worship God instead and would have justified the action. But I want you to understand, Satan doesn't care about your heart. He cares about your action. So the moment you bow down before the golden image, that's worship to him. That's worship. Whether your heart's in it or not. Whether you understand it or not, it's worship to him. And when, and when the folks, when Nebuchadnezzar heard the sound of the, of the horn and the harp, and everything else, and he saw people bow down, that was worship to him. He could care less about their hearts. When he saw those people bow down before his image, oh man, he received worship from them. So that's how Satan receives worship. He brings in, Nebuchadnezzar brings in the three men, and he says, hey listen, basically I know you don't want to worship me, because that's clear, like your heart's not in it, but just do it anyway. And they said, absolutely no. We will never. And they took a stand. And their stand was a witness for the entire nation. And, and laws were changed because of the stand that they took. And again, I want you to understand in this story, the majority of the Jewish people were probably bowed down before the image. And I understand that there are many Christians that, that, that think it is okay to, to celebrate on this day the, the darkness and, and, and to introduce this to our children. And I'm telling you that it is not okay. Whether in your mind and in your heart it's in good fun and you have a different perspective, makes no difference. When you participate in that which the pagans are doing, then it's worship. That's how the enemy views it. He views it as worship. 2 Corinthians 2, 11. Satan should take advantage of us, for we were not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Satan wants us to be ignorant. And in our ignorance, he takes advantage of us. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we were not ignorant of his devices, is what the Apostle Paul says. With with ignorance comes bondage and deception. And these are some of the things that I've heard in regards to this day, it depends on your intentions. Some would say, "Eh, it just depends on your intentions. I think Daniel chapter 3 goes against that. It depends on your intentions, some would say. It's fun. Many would say. It's fun. I want you to understand that, that evil is not funny or fun. Darkness is not funny or fun. There is nothing funny or fun about, about evil and about darkness And the celebration of darkness Nothing fun or funny about it Woe to you, the Bible says, who call evil good And good evil The Bible says woe, woe to you For, for some there is a, there's a genuine attraction to Halloween and I understand that. But I want you to understand this. I want you to remember that the Bible says that Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. So, so just because there's a genuine attraction to something doesn't make it okay, doesn't make it right. I understand that. There, there's a genuine attraction for some people. I, I get it. I really do. But Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. That's what he, he does, to, to draw people in. For some, there is, there is genuine pleasure found in the celebration of Halloween. And I'm reminded of, of, uh, of Moses who, who, who chose to give up the, the pleasures of sin for a season to, to be with the people of God. Hebrews 11, 24 25 and 26, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. And, and, and I love how the Bible refers to the passing pleasures of sin because it, it reveals to us that there, that there is a pleasure in sin. Right? Whatever the sin is, right? There's a, there is a, there's a pleasure that's found in it. Um, but it's passing. Right? It's, it's temporary. Right But we would deceive ourselves um, to say that there's, there's no pleasure in sin, right? there is, but it's a, it's a passing pleasure. so Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward so so I. I understand. There are some pleasures, maybe some some fun, um, maybe some some smiles, some some pictures that you can grab with your family. And I understand it. I understand it. I was looking at Moses and and Pharaoh. Speaking of Moses and. And we see that that Satan he, he is an imitator. He could could imitate the transformation of the rod into a serpent. He could imitate and 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 transform the the water into into blood. There were things that he could do in the supernatural um, that was attractive. And it was supernatural And it was an, an imitation But he was limited And he is limited And, and in, in all of that We see that, that, that God's power that, that there is no comparison between The power of God and the power of the enemy The enemy is limited In what he can do But he tries to imitate The things of God But he is limited in his power the folks, you know, thinking of, of Daniel. When when um, the king had a dream. And all of the magicians and and the folks that practiced witchcraft and the fortune tellers and so on, there was a dream that the king had and he needed it to be interpreted. And and Daniel, with the wisdom of God, he was the only one that had the ability to interpret the dream of the king because again those folks they're they're limited in what they can do and in what they know they are limited so for you guys that want that you want insight and you want revelation of the future and you don't go to the dark side go to god The Holy Spirit will reveal to you the things that He desires to reveal to you, the things that are necessary. And, and, and anything that God does not want to reveal to you does not need to be revealed. It's that simple. But I'm tired of, of, of Christians going to the dark side to learn their future. Satan doesn't know your future. Satan is not omniscient. He's not all-knowing. God knows your future. So so you're caught up in all the wrong places and then you wonder why there are certain uh, struggles in your life and certain areas of bondage that you can't seem to break free from. It's because of the practices that you have invited again into your home and into your heart. I often wonder what the Apostle Paul would have written to the American church today. I wonder. I wonder what he would have written to the church today. I wonder what he would have said regarding this topic. And do you believe I'm asking you all, those who are here and those online, do you believe that God is pleased with his children participating in things like this? And I think we'd all answer, no. No, he's not. Let's go to Acts chapter 19, verse 11 through 20, and we're going to see Paul, the Apostle Paul, in, in Ephesus. Acts 19, 11 through 20. Verse 11, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jews... A Jewish exorcist took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. So they came now because of the the signs that they saw, the miracles that they saw, they came now and they're confessing their deeds. The things that they had been involved in Their sins Verse 19 Also many of those who had practiced magic Brought their books together And burned them in the sight of all And they counted up the value of them And it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed so the folks, they, they, they come and they're before Paul in Ephesus and they see the work of God, they see the power of God and they become convicted with their practices. And the Bible says that, that, that many of them, they, they, they brought their books together, their books of magic and the demonic astronomy. Oh, they, they brought their, their books they brought their items, their, their occultic stuff, they, they brought it and they threw it in the fire to be burned. This is how, how unbelievers responded. Both, both unbelievers and believers, this is how they responded when they, when they saw the signs and the wonders of the Lord. They responded with repentance. And they stopped practicing their stuff, they repented and they threw it in the fire. That's it. That simple. No need to dabble. No need to hold on to, no need to keep. And and I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you tell you all this morning that if you have stuff in your home that is not of God, then today, this is my instruction to you, this is my advice to you, you will do as you please and as you choose, obviously, but my advice to you is to get it out of your home. Any idols that you have, books that you have, and I know they're in some homes, So, books that you have of, of astrology and, and, and everything else in that category. I don't know all the stuff. But you get the point. Whatever you have in your home that's not of God and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And even, and even if you're not hearing the voice of the Spirit right now and you have stuff in your home, get it out. Today. But get that stuff out of your home and stop dabbling with occultic things. I want to make this clear that every single Christian that I've ever heard that that used to be in the occult will plead for you, and I've heard heard many Christians and their stories and testimonies, but every Christian I've ever heard that used to be in the occult will plead with you to stay away from this holiday today they will plead with you as believers and say, stay far away from this holiday. Because there, there's stuff that happens on this day that will blow your minds. And it's, and it's nothing that we need to be um, entangled with. And they have insights and experiences that you don't have. I want to end with many verses of Scripture from, from eight different biblical passages. So I'm going to end today, and I say to you, let the word work in you. Let the word work in you. I'm going to try not to comment, and I'm, I'm just going to read the verses. Let the word work in you. First, Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord. And the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Take no part in the unfruitful works of of darkness. Where is the fruit? Where is the fruit in this? Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Ephesians 4 27. And give no opportunity to the devil. This is not for the person sitting next to you. This is not for your neighbor. This is for you. And give no opportunity to the devil. So stop. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Be sober minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Be sober minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for First Thessalonians five. 21. 22, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. test everything. Hold fast to that which is good. Hold fast to what is good. And abstain intentionally from every form, every form, every form, every form of evil. Romans 13 and verse 12. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. James 4 and verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit Yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. And finally, Ephesians chapter 5, 15 and 16. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days, the days are evil. conclusion here. I want you guys to understand that this stuff that I'm sharing with you today, that this stuff again can open the door. And and will open the door for for, for greater um, demonic issues in your life. Um, it is an open door. When you dabble and maybe maybe for you the word you know the occult is a strong word to you, but um, all these things are occultish things, they're, they're, they're occultish practices, so, so it's the same thing, this stuff, I want you to understand, can, can open the door um, for issues for your children, I want you to understand that, this stuff can, can open the door for serious issues with your children. And we see throughout the Gospels, and we see uh, times where, um, where Satan possessed a children, or possessed a child. So don't think this is something just for, for adults to be mindful of. This is something for children to be mindful of. And you as their parent and guardians, you have a right to protect them. And I, I personally believe that, that most of these spiritual issues, um, they, they begin a lot younger than you think. And they become strongholds when your children get older. But, but the entry points begin many times when they're children. So what do you do if you've already opened the, the door to this in your children's lives You repent You repent You have a conversation with your children It's a great opportunity for humility as well For them to understand that daddy can be wrong That mommy can be wrong Sometimes we we miss it So you repent And you have a conversation With your children And you close the door So you say we're no longer going to Do X, Y and see and here is the reason and, and maybe your children they will understand you right away and maybe they won't but whether they understand you and receive the full revelation of what you're trying to communicate or not you still have the right to protect them because you know what's best Is a, is a turning away remember that it's a, it's a turning away and I want to remind you that in the midst of all of this darkness that Jesus has, has overcome all of the work and all of the powers of the wicked one Jesus has overcome death no longer has power the demonic no longer has, has, has power in the life of the believer if you, if you keep the door closed Jesus Christ has the power to deliver you and to set you free because he overcame all of the works of darkness with his death on the cross and his resurrection he overcame it all if you're in here today or you're online I want to come back to that word repentance maybe you don't need to repent of occultish things or maybe you do but in a greater sense you just need to repent because of a different sin because of the many sins in your life so I want to remind you this morning I want to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ he came he lived and he died and the reason why he did that was not for himself but he did that for you he had no sins of his own he lived a perfect life and he went to the cross and he nailed all of your sins past, present and future upon that cross and if you acknowledge that you are a sinner in here today or online and you say "I'm, I'm in need of forgiveness I want forgiveness from this dark and evil and corrupt world You've been living in darkness. There's no in-between. You're either walking in the light or you're walking in darkness. So you've been living in darkness, and you say, I want to walk in the light. And I want to receive the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I want to be a partaker of that. The Bible says, right where you are, that if you will believe, if you believe in your heart, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, if you truly believe in your heart, in this message that I'm sharing with you, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you'll be saved. The Bible says, for all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So right where you are, you can call upon him and he desires to answer you. You can speak with him right where you are. Tell him about your sins. Ask him for forgiveness and he will forgive you. Confess to Him and believe in your heart that He is who He says He is. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.